Then certain of the vagabond Jews, who were exorcists, took upon them to call over those which had evil spirits in them the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you, or command you, by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirits answered them and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overtook them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have we not cast out devils, and in your name did many amazing and wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, or ye that work lawlessness. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Meaning that there still will be challenges and tribulations, that's what this entire life is. But if you are built upon the foundational rock of Jesus, then you shall prevail. However, everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand. And again, the rain descends and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So either way, life is difficult and there are challenges, but there is an end that's either going to be everlasting life or everlasting damnation. And Jesus has told us that in this world we will have tribulation and persecution, but in him we have peace. And that's why he says, enter in at the straight gate. That means it is narrow, it is one way and only one person at a time can go through it. It's going to be you and Jesus. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go there. This is the left-handed path. This is to be lukewarm and to be cold. There is no such thing as a grey area, or there is no such thing as being undecided. You're either all in, and you're either fully on fire for God, and you're fully dedicated and given your life to Jesus, or you've given your life away to the devil. You're either a slave to sin, or you're a servant of righteousness. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few be there that find it. Beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, because they come to you whispering and telling you wonderful things, like you are so wonderful and everything's going to be amazing for you, and there's nothing you can do wrong in the eyes of God. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. What are fruits for human beings? It's your deeds. It's your works, in other words. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? In other words, do you go to an apple tree and expect to get an orange? No, you do not. Meaning that it's just as 
obvious in human form to see by someone's deeds whether or not their faith is real or whether or not they truly are a disciple of God, whether they have the fear of the Lord within them and whether they truly love the Lord or whether they're just all talk. Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, which is referring to the day of judgment, it's referring to Jesus' return, his separation of the wheat and the tares, and the tares is basically like weeds, which look just like the wheat as it grows, but at the end you see that it's false, you see that it's not the real thing, you see that it was the lukewarm and those that were cold, and they're going to be thrown into the fire. That's why he says, wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Even the demons know whether you belong to God or not, whether you have the Holy Spirit within you or not. God never commanded us to worship idols. In fact, he told us to not make idols or images, neither of himself nor of any other God, false God. He tells us, The hour comes and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's never given us an image to worship, and there's a reason for that. Because idol worship has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with what do you get out of it. People worship idols because they get something from the idol. You worship God by loving him, not because you're going to get something from him, but because you love him and you want to show him you love him. That's why the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. And what is it to love him? As John tells us, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous as in they are a joy to you. You are a joyful giver. You are a joyful lover of God. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Because your faith is linked to your change of heart and the renewing of your mind unto someone who actually loves God. It has to be a change of heart. You cannot just do something and expect to be a different person. That's also why knowledge and evidence does not instantaneously lead to belief or love. It doesn't. Love is a mystery. Love has an aspect that is spiritual and mystical to it, which is your faith. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. That witness is the Holy Spirit that lives in you when you're born again. He that believes not God hath made him a liar, because he believes not the record, the witness, the testament that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Jesus Christ is not an idol. He has been given all authority and all power by the Father. He is the Good Shepherd, and his sheep hear his voice.